Look at the size of that trunk. You could put three bodies in there. Just kidding. Just trying to levitate the situation. OK, thank you. We appreciate it. Sure, sure. Hey, what kind of car you used to drive, anyway? Uh, it's a Lexus 430 uh, LS. That's like a Toyota. It's a Lexus. Yeah, Toyota, Lexus, same thing. Japanese, right? Let's not forget Pearl Harbor. Anyway, let's get serious. You want to buy this car what? Yay or nay? Well, I don't know. We have to think about it. Yeah. What's there to think about? I mean, you told me you liked it. You asked me 10,000 questions. I answered every single one of them. You drove it. You love it. What more do you need to know? Uh, you know, it's a lot of money, and uh, we just need the time to consider it. Consider it? Yeah. Well, why don't you consider this? You've been breaking my balls for about an hour, asking me about every goddamn accessory in this car. Look, what about the light? What about this? You cannot talk this? to customers like that. You're not a customer as far as I'm concerned. You want to buy the car or not? Not from you. I want to see the manager. You want to see the manager? Yeah. Yeah? I'll show you the manager. Here's the manager. <laughs> Are you ready? Wow. Wow. Did you hear Robert De Niro break every sales rule in the book just then? Sales guys are sitting there watching that going, holy smokes, I know exactly what he did wrong. <laughs> and it wasn't even a three bodies in the trunk deal, right? He didn't even do that wrong. That's, that's like an old car salesman joke, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. You know what the main focus of uh, sales is, right? I'll tell you what the main focus of sales is. Main focus of sales is this. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Uh-huh. Always be closing. Uh-huh, that's what you're supposed to be doing, right? As a sales guy, that's what you're supposed to be doing. As a saleswoman, that's what you're supposed to be doing all the time, okay? And you know what? You know what? People just like, they're saying to yourself, hey, what, what? Why so serious? I'll tell you why I'm so serious about this. Here's why. Because this is things you're not supposed to talk about with Louis G. And car sales is one of those dirty little things you're not supposed to talk about. Okay? It's actually something people don't want to talk about because they know. Deep down inside, they did not get a good deal on that car. You know when you when your grandpa asks you, you get a brand new car and you come home and grandpa's there because he's living there with you. You know because he that's it, that's what's gonna happen. And um, you know he shows up and he's standing in the front porch and his his pants are pulled way up and his he's got his New Balance sneakers on right and he's eighty five and he looks and he goes, I hope you got a good. Deal on that car, young lady. Whatever the hell you are nowadays. Right? And you look up and you go, yeah, Grandpa. I, I got a great deal and I'm a boy. I'm just, my hair's a little long. That's all. All right. Oh, yeah, you got a great deal on that car, did you, Jeffrey? Oh, yeah, I did. My name's Lewis. Thank you very much. You know, it's things like that that you got to, that you got to focus on after you buy the car. People asking you, did you get a good deal? And your grandpa asking you, because you know he got a good deal, right? Oh, you know, I got a good deal in a car every time I purchased one. I never made a bad deal, ever. And, you know, he probably didn't, right? Car sales were different in his day. 
That's where you beat up the car salesman. You took a, you literally took a club and you hit him over the head. You said, give me a better price. And he went inside there crying back to your manager's office and they, they kowtowed and gave you a better price because they wanted to sell the car. But that stuff doesn't happen today. People are buying, buying cars online, right? You know whose fault that is? Car salesmen. That's, that's whose fault that is. I mean, it, look, don't be afraid to buy a car. You know, you should be afraid to buy it badly, right? No, buying one badly means death for your wallet and your credit score and your buying capabilities for the future, that's all. I mean, like I said, car salespeople forced the car industry into creating no-nonsense online sales. And when you realize, finally, that you can't negotiate with a computer, that's when you get up and you go to a car dealership, right? The computer, they got this little slide thing that you see is really cool. Oh, you can set your own price every month. Yeah, I can set my own price every month if I put down what you tell me to put down. Like, you're not changing the price of the car. I'm just changing the price of my down payment every month. I can't, there's no slide for the price of the car to go from 35 to 30. There's no, there's no slide there for that. It's just your down payment slide when on, on a computer, right? So that's not, that's not how you buy a car. You don't spend thousands of dollars online. You don't do that. You go to the place that you want to buy something or you find a place that you want and you talk to a person. And if that person is nice to you and they take care of you, you should buy the thing from them or, or go shop around. But do not buy a car online. That's just dumb, okay? And you shouldn't do that. That's all. That's all there is. So how can a show that's called Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About help you buy a car? Well, and why should you? I mean, why should it show that it's name that help you buy a car, right? Well, here's why. Because it's something you're never going to talk about with anybody else. Like young people who, maybe you get one or two young people who listen to this show. Maybe you get a 35-year-old woman who, the last time she went to buy a car was with her dad. You know, and she don't want to ask him again. Okay? Right? That's all. She was 25. She bought a car. It lasted 10 years. She's got to go back and buy another one. She doesn't know what to do. What she do? Ask her dad again? She's 35. No, she wants to go. She's going to ask her husband? No, she doesn't. Maybe. Maybe she doesn't have a husband. I mean, you know, maybe she's a single mom with three kids. Right? She can't go buy a car. It's not, it's not, it's not fun, you know, to have that realization. It's not fun to know that you're going to go spend $30,000 and, uh, and you've got to do it smartly. Right? It's polarizing is what it is. You know, too many people are afraid to ask for help with buying a car, man. That's all. And you shouldn't be, you shouldn't, you should not be afraid to ask for help. Salespeople are funny people, you know. They, um, they're not racist people or anything like that, salespeople. Like, you can't put that kind of thing on them. Like, nobody talks about salespeople being racist, right? Because salespeople have to understand certain things about certain folks that come walking into the dealership you know they have to understand cert certain ethnicities are going to act a certain way in a car dealership period 
Okay? That's it. And what I mean by ethnicities, I mean from other countries. I don't mean black or white or, you know, whatever. I mean from other countries. People from other countries that come into the store, they're going to act different when they're in the car dealership. I promise. And salespeople know that. It's just what's going to happen. Because people are people no matter where you go. And I don't know why uh, one ethnicity or one culture um, gives uh, enough of a vibe or, an, or gives enough of, a, a, of an example to become a stereotype. I don't know why that happens. Right? What's the stereotype for New Balance sneakers? Old guys are wearing them. Right? You're going to be over 50, you're wearing old New Balance sneakers for some reason. Right? So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You know? You, you have to have a, a way of listening to a car salesman too, you know, in order for you to, to buy the car. Because he has a way of listening or she has a way of listening to you when they ask certain questions. You have to know what those questions are. And today, you know what? You're going to get out a pen and you're going to get out a piece of paper. Because if you want to buy a car in the near future, if you're thinking about leasing a, a car in the near future, then you need to take some notes. Okay? Because I'm going to tell you how to get that done. All right? First of all, if you're between the age of 18 and 25, you're going to need help buying a car from a parent. Or someone with a good credit score. Because you probably don't have that. And if you do, good for you. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, you know, some people have a good credit score right off the bat. And they have a good credit history right off the bat. And they have, what, by the time they're 25, they've got five years of credit history. And everything is paid. And, and they're good. You know, good. it's just working out for everybody. A lot of people don't have that coming out of college. And they're riddled with debt right away from their student loans. And so their credit scores are, are below where they should be. And they don't have a credit card. Credit card. So you've got to have a parent co-sign usually for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. So bring the parent along. Here's what the parent needs to do. Parent needs to shut the fuck up. Okay? You need to say nothing. And the only thing the parent needs to do is prepare their child before they go. And make sure that the child has enough money to put down on a decent lease so that they get a decent monthly monthly payment for the next three years and 36,000 miles. Did you write that down? Good. All right? So there you go. That's all you've got to do as a parent with your kid from 18 to 25. If you're from 25 to 35 or 30, actually, and you're buying a car, you should have established credit by now. And you should be able to go on your own after that first experience because you paid every month and have a good experience at the dealership with with credit at the very least. Okay? So you should have that. And if you want to buy out the car that you just leased for three years and do that over five years, that's okay. That's okay because that, that's going to be a very low amount of money every month for you. Right, because it's going to be the right price for the car, and not the price that the dealership is going to put that car at when they take it back from you and throw it on the lot, which is going to be about four or five grand over what they were going to sell it to you for. 
I promise. So, right? You can do that. And that's why between the age of 18 and 25, you should lease a car. Because the payment will be low, right? If you're buying a decent, you're buying the appropriate car for your age. The payment will be, I'm talking about a Mercedes-Benz or a Jeep Cherokee. We're not talking about anything like that, okay? We're talking about like a Nissan Sentra, you know, a new entry-level car that has some bells and whistles on it that you can pay $169 for every month, okay? That's what we're talking about here. What are you, rock star? You're not a rock star. You're 18. You're 21. You're 25. You're not a rock star yet. I'm a rock star. I'm 57. I'm a rock star, okay? Take my word for it. You know, the ads are tricky, too. When you look at the ads, just make sure that you qualify for all the rebates, okay? You know, if you're not a military, you know, the, the price of the car includes all of the rebates that qualify for that car, not that you qualify for. Just remember that. So the price when you get into the dealership is going to be higher than the price that's on the sticker if you don't qualify for the um, newly graduated or currently in college graduate or currently in college student, whatever, right? And then you maybe you weren't in the military or maybe you're not active military, but you were in the military, but you're not active military. So you're not going to get... So right away to cause $1,000 more right there with those two rebates, okay? You got to be prepared for that. That's another $50 in your payment every month. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? And the $50 in your payment every month is a lot of money to some people, okay? So that's where you have to be when you're, when you're, when you're, you're, you're getting a lease, man. okay? Just remember that. Look, if you're going to buy the car, do some math, okay? Let's do some math, okay? You got a car that's $400 a month. The guy comes back from the manager's office and he's got this piece of paper and he shoves it over and he puts it in your face and he says, all right, guy, you got, you got 36 months, you got 48 months, and you got 60 months, and you got 72 months uh, right here. These are your payments, uh, how long it's going to be, and this is how much you're going to pay every month. Which would you prefer? You get a salesman that does that to you, he knows exactly what he is doing, and he says nothing else, and nobody says anything. And he doesn't say anything. And a minute has gone by and still no one said anything. And you, you're finally going to say something to him and say, what am I, what do you want me to do here? Am I, what, what do, am I supposed to pick one? Yeah. Yeah. Which would you prefer? And then he says nothing. And then you look at the piece of paper and you go, well, um, I, I guess I prefer the 72 months. Okay, great. Let me go get the paperwork started. And you're like, what? <laughs> You didn't tell me you wanted to buy the car. You just said you preferred the 72 months. But now you're in the middle of buying a car. Now you've got to stop him. And you've got to do some math, okay? That's $400 a month for 72 months. You better do that math, okay? That's a lot of months, and that's a lot of money, all right? So you need to understand that that's a six-year loan, and you should never be more than a five-year loan on a car. And if you can't afford the five-year loan on a car, you can't afford the car. Okay? That's it. Get a cheaper car. It's not hard to make that decision. It's just ego busting right there in front of the salesman. It sucks. But you have to do it. So I'm going to tell you how to buy a car today. Take out your pen and paper. I'm going to do exactly what I do with my 19-year-old daughter. 
when she was 19, 21, whatever it was she was when she came out of college to buy a car, okay? 21 years old. That's what she was, all right? So I said to her, well, we're going to lease a car. She goes, oh, I want to buy. I said, no, we're going to lease a car. So you're going to get that argument first. And you're going to own it for three years. And if you want to buy it after the three years, that's fine. And we're going to, we're going to help you with, with signing for it because we know you're not going to get the proper price if you don't. All right. So you let them know that all of that right away. Okay. And now you sit down with them and you say, look, here's the first thing that you've got to do when you're going to buy a car. You've got to figure out how much money you're going to put down as a down payment. So how much you got? And kids usually have about two grand, 2500 you know, my daughter had $2,500 to put down in a car. And so I said to her, well, you, if you have $2,500, you're going to tell the salesperson you have $2,000, okay? And you're not going to tell them anything else, no matter what. And she's like, okay, why? And I said, because he only gets to know the $2,000. There's another guy you're going to have to talk to after the salesperson. That's a finance guy. And then he's good. you're going to talk to him about how you can get the price lower. And he's going to say, well blah, 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 you're going to say you've got another $500. What can you do for me? And then the finance guy is going to take care of that. All right? Not the salesperson. You let the finance guy do that part. Okay? She says, okay, great. So now, this is what you're looking for. You and I are going to get in your car. We're going to drive to the dealership. And the dealership guy is going to let you walk around a little bit outside. Then he's going to come out there and greet you. All right? If nobody comes out and greets you, it's fucking typical because they're lazy, so we got to go inside. So we go inside. Somebody will greet you. If nobody greets you, we're leaving. If they greet you when we go to leave, you tongue will scratch because we're not sticking around. You didn't have enough time for me here now when I was here. You don't have enough time, but you have enough time for me as I'm walking out the door? I don't think so. You get in your car and you leave. It's a terrible dealership. Don't go back. Okay? But here's what should happen. When you get inside the dealership, one of those people should get up off their ass and come over to you and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. Welcome to the dealership's name. What kind of car can I get you in today? That's all. That's all they should say to you. And you should tell them what you want. I'm, I'm looking at this to lease this Nissan Sentra. And they're going to say, great. Which one were you looking at? What color? And they're going to start asking you questions. And you're going to say, oh, well, I was looking at this black one. Okay. Great. Why don't you come on over to the desk and we'll take a copy of your driver's license so that we can put you in the car and you can take a test drive and see if you like it. Is that fair? Whenever a salesperson asks you, is that fair? You're going to say yes because it is fair. He, he made it that way. But a good salesperson will always ask you, is that fair? To get you to say yes. So is that fair? Yes. Great. You want to come over and sit at the desk? Yes. That's two in a row. Great. Come sit down. So, my name is so-and-so once again. Your name is? My name is Taylor again. Okay, great. He writes that down. He takes your, I have your driver's license. He takes your driver's license. He writes some stuff down. While he's writing it down, he's talking to you. And what is he saying? He's saying, so Taylor, tell me about the last car that you had. And you're not going to do that because you don't have a car to trade in. Your car blew up, <laughs> right? And we weren't buying a new engine for it. So you don't have a car to trade in, so there's nothing to talk about. You don't want anything to do with that last car. You don't want anything like that last car. And you're not trading in that last car, so you don't want that last car to be a factor here. 
So no, we're not talking about the last car. And she did that. And they didn't talk about the last car. Why did she do that? She did that to take control of the sale and to let the salesperson know that she was in control. And the salesperson is supposed to take control of the sale back from her at that point and say, oh, okay, great. You do not want to trade in a car. So how much of a down payment do you think you'll be able to put on this lease? Right there, he hits you with the money. Right there. right Because he wants to see how serious your young lady ass is. Now, he knows your dad is standing there with you. But so far, dad hasn't said anything. Dad's letting you handle this, and he knows it because he's not stupid. Or she's not stupid. That salesperson is not dumb. They know this stuff. So that salesperson is talking directly to my daughter. All right. And my daughter's talking directly to the salesperson because that's how she was raised. Okay. My kids were ordering their own food when they were five and seven. All right. No joke. Okay. They could read the menu. They were ordering food from the, from the, from the, uh, from the uh, waitress because I wasn't doing it for them if they wanted to eat. Oh, nope. You got to do that. All right. So she's not shy. So she's sitting in with the guy and she says, well, I've got two grand to put down on the car for the lease. And he goes, okay, great. So now we know you have a deposit. Everything is, you don't, it's just, you don't have a car to trade in. Uh, you know, I at least have to know if you have to have a deposit. And the guy was right. So I'm sitting there going, this guy's pretty good, right? So she has no idea if he's pretty good, but she knows he's following the process because I told her this is what he should be doing. So now he gets the, he goes, well, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get the keys to the car. She says, great. So he goes, gets the keys to the car. She drives the car. He doesn't, he, he goes with, he doesn't say a word in the car with her. I said to her, here's what you need to f- figure out. How good of a salesperson he is. So when he gets you in, the, when he gets the car, he brings the car over. He should walk you around the car and show you some of the stuff around the car. Then he should give you the keys and let you get in the car. Once you get in the car, he should tell you after you turn on, tell you to turn on the car. And then he says, starts to talk to you about the rest of the gadgets in the car. And once you drive away, once he tells you to pull away, okay, let's, let's pull away. This is where we're going. I want you to make this right out of the dealership and then take the road. And then you're, you know where you're going. Do you know where you're going after that? Yes, I do. Okay, great. Because you know the neighborhood, right? So he tells you where to go. He shouldn't say another word in that car. If he says another word in that car, it's epic failure on his part. He should just let you drive. No car salesman should speak to you in the car. It's not the place to do that. This is the time for you to enjoy the vehicle. And so you should. And you will. Once you realize he's not talking, you will start talking. And once you realize he's not answering you, or he's giving you just, mm-hmm, or absolutely's, or just real slow, you know, real one-word answers, you'll get it. And you'll start playing with the car, and you'll start making that car yours. And then on the way back, you know, when you pull into the dealership, he's going to say, so did you enjoy driving the car? You looked like you did. And you're going to say, yes, I did. And he's going to say, well, did you like the car? And you're going to say, yes, I did. And he's going to say, well, if, um, if you like the car uh, and I can get you a good deal on the car, would you buy the car today? And you're going to say, yes, I would. Because you would. That's four yeses in a row. He says, well, would you like to come in the dealership with me right now? Yes, I would. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Why don't you have a seat right here and I'll, I'll go ahead and get those numbers for you, all right? Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Is that fair? Yes, it is. Terrific. He offers you something to drink, a cookie, whatever the f- 
What the hell they have over there, right? He goes inside, he talks to the manager, he comes back. The number is not what you like on a piece of paper. What do you do? Right? This is the time where confrontation happens, where young people fail epically. Okay? This is where they fail epically. This is where you can't be afraid to buy a car. Otherwise, you're going to buy it badly. What you're going to do now is you're going to say, listen, I don't see the $169 that I want to pay on this for the car. I want to be at $169 a month. Right? And he's like, well, we got the 189 right here. That's the lowest we can go on that. And you're going to go, well, I can't buy the car then. So maybe, is there anything you can do? Talk to your manager or something. Maybe go back inside. You know, I mean, it's 20 bucks, man. You know? Well, if I come back with a number that's good for you, will you buy the car? Yeah. All right. I'll be right back. You know why he does that? Because he wants a commitment out of you, and he wants you to say yes again. And he wants to make sure he's not getting up for nothing. So he, he does go back inside. But the first thing he's going to try and do is convince you that that 189 is the right price. And you're going to say it's not. It needs to be 169 That's it. This is not hard. I don't care how you feel. Don't feel that way. That's all. <laughs> I mean, don't feel that way. It's not, not difficult. Okay? I mean, uh, Epictetus once said, it's not events that disturb us, but our judgments about them. Right? So, don't feel that way. That's all. It's not hard. You could do it. I promise. Because this guy is, is, is doing only, the only thing he knows to do. And you know what that is? Hey. Always be, be, uh -huh. see, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what he knows what to do. And you're sitting there. Guess what you're sitting there like? I'll tell you what you're sitting there like. You're sitting there like this. Why so serious? Right? That's what you're doing. You're sitting there with that look on your face. Why so serious? And uh, it isn't a good one. I'm going to tell you, it's not a good look. You're sitting there doing that, and, you know, he's sitting there doing the other thing. So, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but you need to ask that question. Well, you need to make that statement. I don't see the 169 on this paper. I want to see the 169 on this paper, or I have to leave. I can't buy the car. That's it. So, he goes back inside, and he comes back with the 179. And you're going to go, you know what? You split the difference with me like that? Okay. $10, it's okay. $10, it's okay. We'll do the 179 You know why? Because you know you got the other $500 in your pocket, and you're going to go into finance office, and you're going to do that deal with that guy. And guess what you're going to come out with? You're going to come out with what my daughter came out with, like one fifty nine seventy or one sixty one seventy, one sixty two seventy, with the extra 500 bucks, And on top of that, she got, you know, whatever service thing they, they sold to her that I told her not to buy. But it got her down to one sixty two seventy with the other 500 bucks, so she felt it was a good enough deal, and she took it while she was in the finance office, right, signing paperwork. And she was so happy. She drove that car home, you know, and she got a good deal. And that's how you do it. And those are the things you look for. Because I'll tell you what, you know, we did go to one other dealership and they did nothing 
like I told my daughter what you were supposed to do. And we left so fast, it wasn't even funny. And all that guy was doing throughout the entire sale, even though you're supposed to be doing it, he was doing it backwards. He was doing the always be closing thing from the beginning instead of doing it in the middle to the end. That's it. It's not hard, right? So when you go to buy a car, that's how you do it. Don't be fooled. Always lease the car. Okay? 18 to 25, always lease the car. If you're 25 and older, they come out with that piece of paper that says you got 36 months, 48 months, um, uh, 60 months, and 72 months, right? You never take the 72, and you take out your calculator, and you multiply that 459 a month times 60, and you'll find out what you're paying for the car. And if that's acceptable to you, and you can afford that payment every month, then you do it. And if you don't, you change the car you're buying. Don't break this guy's balls all day long to make him give you what you want because he can't do it. I promise you, there's only so much profit in a car, right? So you can't be a a belligerent type of individual either. Otherwise, you're not going to get what you want. You just leave the dealership after being there for two hours for no reason. So you don't do that either. Understand that you can afford one of two type of cars, the one you want and the one you can actually afford. And once you understand those things, I promise you, you'll be one step equal with the salesperson, not ahead of the, uh, that, that salesperson. I promise you. You will be equal and you will be a lockstep with them at that point. But you will not be ahead of them. They will always be ahead of you. A little bit. Right? You, all you can do is try and keep up. I promise. So pay attention when you're buying a car, please. It's a serious subject, you know. It really is. It can affect your credit score and everything uh, in the future. It can affect how you buy large purchases, like a home, you know? And if if you buy a car because you've been there so long and you buy it out of guilt, that's silly too. And if you buy it out of complete necessity because this is what I need, uh, people are going to see that too. So, right, you have to go in there with the notion that you're buying a $30,000 vehicle, and you must do it with great seriousness, okay? That's all. That's all. That's all you got to do. Be be a little bit, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? You know, right? Why so serious? Just be a little bit of that. If you can be a little bit, Why so serious? you'll be fine. And what I mean by serious is understand the seriousness of the purchase. Stay awake and cognizant in front of the salesperson. Don't be uh, overtaken by the product. You know? Talk to yourself about this process before you go in. And you will buy a car the right way. I promise. That's all we want to do here on things you're not supposed to talk about. That's all we want to do. We want to help you. We want to make sure that you understand the little little, little nuances of life. I even gave you uh, an Epictetus thing, and right in the middle, I stuck it right in the middle in there. You know what I'm saying? Usually, I wait till the end, but I had to stick it in the middle so you could understand. Anyway, just remember, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy to buy a car, so good luck.
and have a great day.